Welcome back to the movies underground. What do agoraphobia, Alexa, and nail guns all have in common? It's this week's movie, Kimmy, a 2022 crime thriller. Stick around to the end of the episode and we'll talk about what movie we're watching next week. So full spoilers ahead, let's go join Lori in the studio. So we are back on HBO Max and I gotta say, like I have seen Kimmy and I've passed right over it because it looked kind of like too close to home, if you will. So like, is this one that's been on your radar? Actually, no, it was just, um, I hadn't seen it before, but um, when we were, you know, deciding what we were going to watch for this week, I was just looking through HBO Max to see what's out there and it caught my eye. The blue hair caught your eye. The blue hair, <laughs> and and you know what? I thought, um, at first glance, I thought that was Rosario Dawson. Oh, really? Yes, she reminds me a lot of her. So I thought it was um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Like it is right away. Yeah, I was like, yeah. But I second guess myself. I was like, is oh. that Lenny Kravitz's daughter? <laughs> I think it's her. I'm like, how many movies could she be in? Right. So, and funny enough, like I just saw previews for the new Batman with Robert Pattinson. And I was like, I think she's supposed to be the new Catwoman. Oh, is she? She is the new Catwoman. But ready? I'm going to blow your oh, mind yeah. now. Oh, no. She was already Catwoman in the Lego Batman. What? Yes. She was, She reprised her role, but now she's not the voice actor. Now she's the actual Catwoman. I was like, wait, she played Catwoman twice? That's funny. I didn't, I didn't see the Lego one. I should, though. It looks hysterical. Oh, it, it's fantastic, actually. Yeah, you'd be surprised for, like, a kid's movie. It's very entertaining yeah. for adults, too. Um, but, yeah, so she's played Catwoman twice in two different movies now. Nice. Yeah. So, but this is her and Kimmy. Um, so I did ver- verify it. She is Lenny Kravitz's daughter. And right. she actually has been in quite a few movies, believe it or not. You know, I know I've seen her, um, and I, I just don't remember from what. But I, I, I enjoyed her in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, all in all, like, what did you think was going to happen right out of the gate when you saw the preview or kind of felt what the world was going to be like? So, when I saw the trailer, I didn't realize that she was agoraphobic. So that was a little twist that surprised me when it started. It yeah. just said she was a work at home, you know, tech worker. Yeah. Those three you little know, letters, WFH, uh, yeah. is yes. all too familiar nowadays. Yeah, work from exactly. home. It's, it's a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I uh, I didn't really, you know, when, when, when I realized that, I was a little surprised. And and also, what was a little surprising is this is the I think this is the first movie. I think this is the first like you know full length film that I can think of that is like a true pandemic era, pandemic era movie where people are wearing masks and <laughs> uh, mentioning lockdown yes. like it's everyday life. Yeah, um, my wife and I have been playing this game lately as we watch TV or we watch like new-ish movies. And we're mm-hmm. like, 
do you think this was filmed during the pandemic? And then we have to like look it up, you know, like because yeah. we're getting like anxiety of like they're handing this child to like a, a stranger in the middle of the street with no mask on. <laughs> You know, like, so, so we're always, we're in a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. He shook his hand. Uh, So, (laughs) so now we always do this thing. Like, do you think they filmed this during the pandemic and whatnot? Well, this is the first movie where we didn't have to guess. Yeah, they definitely, definitely filmed this during the pandemic. Sure, sure did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think what kind of held me off from watching it a little bit. Cause I thought like just from seeing that glimpse of her in the blue hair on the HBO Max, um, you know, web app, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is this going to be all about like pandemic lifestyle? And I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. I mean, right. that wasn't truly what this was about. It was just its setting, but it was a big part of the setting. It was a big part. Like it was, and it was a big, it was most of the first part of the movie. There was a good chunk of time that I wondered if we were ever going to leave the apartment in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like all of the action was in the last, what, 45 minutes? Pretty much. And then like all of a sudden it just like blew up from it. Like at first it was such a world setting, like very slow burn movie to mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, everything's frantic. Right. Yep. But, you know, like I en- I enjoy a bit of that world building in a lot of movies, right? I just think maybe they did a little too much in this case. You know. Okay. They held on some things a little longer. They really gave her a very in-depth backstory, which is great. Yeah. But I was starting to kind of wonder, like, when are we going to, when do we get get moving here? Yeah, I know. What's the real plot? The real plot. (laughs) And I was wondering, I was wondering... You know, was she always because it was, uh, you know, pandemic era, I was wondering if she was always that way or was it just since COVID? And it turns out that had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And that's the only part they really didn't backfill too much on her story. Whatever this um, event happened in, I forget what city it was that her therapist said some major trauma event happened at Evergreen, I want to say. Yes, Evergreen. Um, I felt like I wrote down um, wondering if that was like a mental hospital that she spent some time in. Oh, that's how I interpreted them mentioning that place. But did they did I just miss it or did they ever actually say what that trauma event was? When she was in. um, uh, Dang, if I don't remember her name. The woman she went to see at the Chaudhry. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) When she was in her office, she said, I was assaulted. And the cops. But that's so um, broad, you know, like, like, what does that mean? Was she mugged? I know. Was it a home invasion? I I assumed she was raped. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which then made me think, like. That's why she took this so to heart. Yeah. And also. It was weird to me that she became a hermit, except she would invite this other person in to have sex. Like it was right. I, I feel like she was raped, <laughs> but she's still able to have sex. She just can't go out in public. It, it's that's a little weird to me. 
Right. Like that would be the first thing that's off the table for me <laughs> after that. Well, then maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was some other. Maybe kind. it wasn't. Maybe she was mugged or, you know, purse snapped yeah. or something. That's why she doesn't want to go out. But that was the yeah. first thought that I had when the guy came over. I forget the guy's name, too. Uh, Terry. When Terry first came over, I was like, oh, so it's not really like a, you know, a covid virus thing. Because, right. you know, like you wouldn't just invite somebody that's spending all day in court to come over to your house. No, the way I took it is they kind of met during lockdown because everybody was at the window and mm -hmm. they started talking to each other through the window and texting and stuff. Right. Everyone in that that street block, including the the creepy guy from across the way. Um. <laughs> so so my third note says the creepy fat white guy across the street. Yes. <laughs> and then and then <laughs> at the end, I wrote. Kevin! Exclamation no, no. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he saves the day. Spoiler alert, the creepy guy's <laughs> name is Kevin. And why is it that, like, why do we always have to be the creepy guys? You know, Right? Like, why can't Kevin ever be, like, the confident, like, you know, strong, silent type? No, we're the creepy guy stalking some girl from across the way, looking up their past addresses, and... <laughs> does that we overlook this later on <laughs> like we yes we never talk about this creepy notion that this complete stranger has been stalking her and looked up her addresses but i digress <laughs> correct yeah oh, that's why okay that yeah. makes sense yeah so you know what else was creepy what the bottle that she put on the counter on the ledge like three quarters <laughs> yeah. of the way off what the heck with that? And that, then I'm like, why didn't that fall? And then eventually it did fall. But why did they zoom in on that and make it all ominous? And then, oh, it fell. Okay. Right? They, they definitely had to set this up. But I will say for the writers, this stuck out to me like a sore thumb. They obviously yeah. set her up to be so OCD about what she does in life, how she takes care of her apartment, which is an amazing apartment which she could not afford it on is. the salary over that work from home clearing a work queue like that trust right. me <laughs> but exactly. um so she's so ocd i was like there's no way somebody that meticulous would be that careless to set the bottle down right on the edge and not push it back at some point right so that kind of bothered me because it was like that was against her character you know, and they really like zoomed in on it, like dun dun dun. I'm like, okay, it's kombucha. Okay, yes, I guess that's a warning for later. It was kavita kombucha. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> You're correct. I only know that I noticed it because my wife also drinks that stuff. So I was like, oh, oh look at that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did this, she watch this with you? She did, and we were talking like this whole movie kind of hit a little too close to home because i also am a work from home you know yeah. <laughs> and yeah she drinks the kombucha you know like we did the whole lockdown thing so we know what this was all like so yeah mm -hmm. it was a little rough to watch but yeah so yep. you knew that that bottle had more to do with the plot than it actually had to do with her character because they really wanted you to notice that this bottle could fall at any second and it does later for yeah. no good reason whatsoever you know it's been well gravity <laughs> well yeah gravity 
But it's in, you know, it was stable this whole time for like that two hours fun. and nothing changed and it fell to the ground. Yes. But that wasn't even the biggest jump for me in this. You know what the one the one jump that actually got me was when she had listened to all her work cues. And we'll get into that in just a second. Um, mm-hmm. But she had listened to some horrific things on recordings and she is now slumped over on the foot of her bed and like, you know, in tears, like this was stressful, yes. what she just heard. Mm-hmm. And then like, usually you can see that like jump scare coming, but this one, her phone rings, you know, that typical iPhone, you know, xylophone ringer. Yes. That caught me off guard and that gave me a little jump. I was like, wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> It's just the phone ringing. Well, it was it was such a low time for her. Like I just wasn't expecting it, you know. Yes. Yeah. So it it was like, all right, well done. You got me there. <laughs> the phone ringer of all things is the only thing that made me jump in this entire movie. <laughs> Which is That's sad. That's funny. You know, I find it odd that. Well, I guess it's not odd that she didn't realize because she knows what her boss's name is. You know, which boss? The 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 owner. The big it boss was, it was Bradley. Remember, yeah, remember Bradley? Wasn't he the one that told her to delete it? No, isn't that the one? Oh, that's not the guy. That's what I was wondering because I thought that was the guy. No, that she was was originally talking to, and he was like, "Stop emailing <laughs> me this shit." You know, I thought that was him. No, the guy yelling at his kids in the background mm-hmm. for. for being a terrible parent and telling him he's going to yeah. take all their favorite things and throw it into a trash bag. Yeah. Yeah. No, that guy, that terrible person was a different, terrible person. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's also some actor that I've seen um, around a lot. He has got a lot of small bit parts, but um, yes. Yeah. It definitely was a different guy than Bradley, who which is kind of like the main villain in this case. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I guess we can Bradley get into no it pants. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Bradley, no pants. <laughs> <laughs> so we should get into the plot a little bit and kind of give away, okay. like, what this whole movie was about, right? Yes. So you do you want to give a quick rundown on it? Sure. So she is a work-from-home tech analyst working for a, um Amazon-like company. Not Amazon-like, but... Alexa, like the technology piece of Alexa. No, I, th- I think you're right on. I think it was very Alexa- Amazon type. Yeah. Amazon like. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so their version is Kimmy. You know, instead of saying, hey, Alexa or hey, Siri, you say, hey, Kimmy. Um, and then her job is to listen to recordings or requests, Kimmy requests that went wrong. Where, where, you know, the person asked for something to search or find or do something and Kimmy didn't get it right. So all of those failed requests go into a queue and these analysts um, teach Kimmy what they meant by this. Kind of like, I need more kitchen paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I forget what Kimmy said it was, but she's like, damn it, I said kitchen paper. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? paper means paper towels. (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) If I was working in Angela's job, I would have been like, what are kitchen papers? (laughs) 
So she has to resolve all these um, discrepancies on the, the Kimmy recordings. And I would have I would have put that one back in the queue and been like, I don't know what this woman wants. <laughs> Kitchen papers. And that's their, that's their thing that they say how they're better than Alexa and Siri is because they have these real people in the background catching these misinterpretations and correcting them so that they won't happen again and eventually you're not going to have incorrect responses Mm. Mm. scary so what did she catch on the recordings so she caught somebody being accused of sexual assault and then after she contacted the guy she knows and was able to get some like admin creds she actually logged into this person's device and heard, who was very smart, by the way, because she every time somebody knocked on the door, she told Kimmy to start just record everything. And she heard a murder, this woman getting murdered. Yeah, murder for hire. Murder for hire. From our second not-so-nice Bradley. Correct. Who yeah. was obviously banging her. Yeah, and she was uh, somehow attempting to either blackmail him or mm-hmm. calling his house, which he then had enough and decided to take out a, a, a hitman contract on her. Yeah. Well, he was just about to have an IPO for the whole company, for well, that's, the Kimmy company. That's no excuse. I, well, I think it is, really. She was about to ruin that whole financial windfall, okay? Yeah. She had to go. She had to go. So this actually shook Angela out of her her apathy for the world and forced her out into the, the, the open. It sure did, because remember that panic attack she had just trying to get an egg from the food cart? Yeah. To, to meet her, what would be boyfriend? Is boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Gentleman across the street? I don't know. Which, yes. I, maybe we shouldn't All put names above. on it. <laughs> Why do you have to label him, Kevin? Yeah, but uh, it got it got interesting from there. I was gonna say I loved that she got saved by the crowd. Yes, but uh, yeah, I, I How did does feel that happen? I was very heartwarming that everyone came together to save her. But how bad of a hitman do you have to be to realize that picking somebody up in a black panel van? In the middle of a crowd is maybe mm-hmm. not the best thing to do. Exactly, right out in the open. However, I got to tell you, the way they filmed it had me at the edge of my seat. Like, are they going to save her? Are they not going to save her? Oh, they're going to save her. Nope, nope. They got, nope, they're going to save her. And it, I was like, ah! Yeah. Yeah, I'll give well it to done. them. It was very stress-inducing because I was getting a little bit nervous. But I'm like, there's no way. They're like, they're not going to let this van go. And if they do, they're going to have plate numbers and whatnot. The whole CSI thing played out in my head, right? Um, But yeah, you know, my blood pressure is up. I'm like, oh, my God, just somebody get her out or (laughs) somebody smash a window already, please. Right. But then, like, how did the whole crowd not turn on this event, like, realizing, like, something bad's happening over there with that plaque truck? And it was only, like, 12 guys, and the rest of them are still chanting, you know? Yes. But, well, hey. Well, they were protesting, you know? And I got to say, these hitmen being so bad, it comes back to bite them in the ass a little bit later. Just saying. It it sure does. I mean... I'm not trying to give them the pointers. Brain. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> That's more accurate, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was almost like 
I, I hate to to compare it like this, but it was almost like Home Alone. Like uh, what? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the big guy and the little guy and. Oh yeah, a little bit. You know? Yeah, a Laurel and Hardy kind of situation for yeah. Hitman. And the guy Hitman. loses his glasses and he can't see shit. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the most frustrating thing to me, I think, watching this was a little bit of, I think this is how it would happen in the real world. I mean, yeah. in total, I kind of think this movie was kind of like a, a warning sign for people, that, like trusting this technology. Yeah. You know, like that's a whole conversation in itself. But I think that can definitely happen. Right. The way that people handled when they got this information i could see this in real life being the way that some people would handling and that i think was the scariest part um in depth of the whole movie i think that that first supervisor probably would try to sweep it under the rug because he didn't Mm -hmm. want to do the paperwork i do think at a corporate level they would probably do the same thing like you know to want to analyze their losses before contacting the authorities which is what um Chaudhry was doing yes you know and obviously you know the, the most extreme part is you know the guy trying to protect his company in the IPO by taking out a, a contract <laughs> you know yeah but still I mean but how far-fetched really I mean people will go to great lengths to uh you know when it, when it comes down to like you know you're long you're you're got this potentially multi-million dollar company and an IPO going on great lengths to cover their tracks when they've when they've made some bad decisions yeah and and did you realize that um in the middle of their whole talks she mentioned uh something about a news article Amazon versus Arkansas and so I, I'm watching this and out of curiosity I don't remember that yeah, she was like, you remember what happened to Amazon versus Arkansas? And he's like, forget that. That court case took two years. So I'm like, by any chance, do you think that's a real court case? Well. And you looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. Sure <laughs> enough, it actually was a true court case. Yeah. That's Am- awesome. Amazon versus Arkansas. And um, I won't go into the depths because I don't think this is the appropriate place. But uh, the police were looking for information about a murder off of an Amazon dot or an Amazon Echo. Wow. Yeah. So it really was a thing. and They actually cited it accurately. Wow. Yeah, which is, you know, made it all that much more realistic. Yes. And you know what else it does for me? It makes me rethink because it's it could so happen. I mean, it's not like that's ever going to happen to me. (laughs) However, I always say, oh, I hate those things because they're always listening, blah, (laughs) blah, blah. But now here's the flip side of how it could possibly save your life or at the very least yeah capture what happened if something does happen get you justice correct (laughs) yeah Uh, how many amazon echoes do you have in your house zero yeah you don't even have the uh the kindle fire stick no so my apple tv remote has a siri button Mm -hmm. yeah same thing same principle yeah yeah uh, and I'm with you. We don't have any of those devices. I, I'm a tech guy. Like, yeah, my, my day job is in the tech industry. I yeah. never want to have, never had one of these things in my home. Yeah. Not because of this, and I'm not like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but they just right. work so poorly that I just didn't see a benefit of them ever. Yeah, 
And uh, so the only thing that we have is the fire stick, which you do have to hold the button in order to say, you know, play Star Wars on Disney or whatever it is that you want to see. But if you're not holding the button, it technically shouldn't be listening. Right. So does the fire stick only control your television? Yeah, it only controls the fire stick. Okay. Yeah, which is plugged into the TV. But yes, that's yeah, the only thing. Like a streaming device. But apparently you can connect it to your, your Amazon account and order stuff off it. I believe we've never, oh. I don't connect those things. I never tried that. You know, right. it, it's it's just not worth it for me. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I always think back to the story of my uh, my brother-in-law at their house. They were probably the first people I knew of that had like, I think it was an Amazon Echo. Mm-hmm. And they had a young daughter at the time, and they tried to play a song that the daughter liked off the radio. It was like a regular um, band. It wasn't like a children's song. Yeah. And so they said, you know, play whatever the song is. And Alexa, for whatever reason, picked the explicit version that was covered by another band. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of a sudden... Like at high level speakers, this like very explicit version of this very nice song starts to scream at us with the the kid in the room. Oh my god! So and the you, sippy cup falls on the floor. Yeah. You've got Her jaws dropped. You now have like three grown adults all yelling, "Alexa, stop playing! Alexa, volume zero! Alexa, mute!" <laughs> <laughs> but since everybody's yelling at Alexa, Alexa didn't know what to do. Damn it, Alexa! <laughs> Somebody shut her off. <laughs> yeah, and so after that moment, I was like, "Yo, is this really the greatest technology that we have to right? offer right now?" So, no, I never got interested in it afterwards. And this kind of like um, a shot across the bow for everyone that does have these devices. I think you know they yeah. do. They tell you how easily hacked they are in the movie, which you know that take that with a grain of salt. Um, yes, but they say you know like. Is this really where we're going to go as a society? Jeez. Mm-hmm. You know what? If somebody can think of it, it could happen. Right. Yeah. So. And I feel like this is a this is a one and done. No, no possibility of a sequel. There's no there's no other storyline here. Well, you know, I've seen worse storylines come back from a sequel. Really. <laughs> You know, maybe she gets promoted into that position and then someone under her discovers something. And then what does she do? You know, right. she, she all of a sudden becomes Liam Neeson and Taken and starts to. Oh, geez. You know, maybe that's the sequel. You know, this was just the, she goes awakening. the other extreme. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the hitman do find her in the end. They right? do. They yeah. do. They regret it with their life. Yeah. Cause I know, right? It, like this this movie was kind of like an iceberg where like ninety percent of it happens like right at the end, right? Yes. And you yes. only see the like the ten percent above the water. So first of all, you got this random guy who he hasn't been fully fleshed out, just shows up spontaneously when she's being mm-hmm. pulled back to her apartment by these these hitmen trying to walk in and save the day, right? That guy being Kevin, you know. Yes. I feel like he was standing out there for a very long time. Like he saw her leave and that's probably when it clicked. Like, she, why is she leaving? Something's wrong. Did you really give him the benefit of the doubt? Because I was kind of curious to his motives. Oh, no, I thought he was creepy until <laughs> he came and saved her. Like right. even when he was saving her, he was still a little creepy. Yes, I think they were trying and, to play that and they did good. But yes. Yeah. 
It wasn't until he was bleeding out on the couch that I realized he was a good guy. <laughs> but still creepy because really you you like searched her address records. And admitted that to her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably would have kept that one to myself. How did you know my name? Mm-hmm. They're like, eh. I heard somebody call you. You know, like there you go. The hitman said it while we were coming up the stairs. <laughs> I don't know something, anything. Come on, Kevin. Right? <laughs> You're giving us all bad names. Exactly. Yeah. Don't so don't be creepy, Kevin. During the whole like climax of this movie, I wasn't even sure that we were getting towards the end because the one thing that didn't match up with the level of you know the risk at that moment was the sound. Like they had this very strange, very mellow type of music in the background. And, like, everything's getting very tense and very, like, high-strung, and the music did not match that rate for me, that level. And it kind of threw me off. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I did love, I do remember thinking that I loved that they used Sabotage, because it's one of my faves. But, um, yeah, I didn't pick up on that, that the music didn't match the mood. Yeah, and I think they really underplayed the whole Sabotage thing, because, like, that was a great song choice for what she was trying to do to them is sabotage yes, them. Correct. But this is where it comes back to how bad of hitman they were. Because the moment <laughs> she starts to shout at the Kimmy to give it commands, they mm-hmm. all kind of like look at each other like, what is she doing? What do we do now? Like <laughs> nobody is like trying to shut her up or right? <laughs> you know, slap her across the face to say like don't talk to Kimmy. You know, and yes, and you. They just let her do it all. Now that you said that, now that you said that, you reminded me when when they were doing their thing on her laptop and her mom calls. Yep. And she tells Kimmy to open up the FaceTime. Yes. The looks on their faces again. It's me all alone. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, those two idiots didn't think, let's just take a step, you know, to the left and, and the right. <laughs> they just sit there and shut. stare Ugh. at them. Yeah. And then they let her do it again and again. Yes. She, she turns off the lights with the Kimmy. Then, then she, you know, like, what else does she do? She does like three things, I, shouting yeah. commands at the Kimmy. And I'm like, why do you let her keep calling the Kimmy? Not that I was that's rooting. Funny. Not that I was rooting for the hitman. Right, but that's funny you say that because I thought the same. There was like five things that she said and like, Kimmy, bedtime lights. Yeah. Kimmy, play sabotage. Kimmy, max volume. Like it was, it was five things in a row. (laughs) And they all just looked at each other. Like, yeah, I would have thrown something at her by then. Yeah, exactly. So they let her, and for whatever reason, she turned the lights off in the apartment because with those huge windows and that gorgeous apartment that she had, like the light Mm -hmm. was flooding in. And I know that we as an audience have to be able to see what's going on. But I yeah. think it's, you know, it's well lit in there enough that the the hitman also could at least see or eyes adjust to it. Not so taken by surprise by the lights being off. Yeah, agreed. Because up until that point, they were, they were, so they were kind of bumbling, but I feel like they were also, at least the, the R guy, the, the main, the head guy, Revis, whatever. Revis, yeah. 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 They, they, up until that point, they were a well-oiled machine. Like, I didn't expect him to be in the apartment already. That took me by surprise that he was already there once she got back into her apartment. Yeah, I did not see that part coming either. I thought, well, you Mm -hmm. know, 
what is she going to do when she gets in there and locks the door behind them? You know, they're just going to break it down. And then, it, oh, oh he's already in there. Oh, well, good mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then after that, it just all went to sh- Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she gets upstairs. And this is something that has always bothered me in movies. And I'm glad that they finally kind of did it justice here in Kimmy was when you use a nail gun as as a woodworker myself. Right. When you use a nail gun, there are multiple safeties on that thing, one of which is the tip of the nail gun has to be depressed into wood for it to allow a nail to shoot. Oh, is that why she duct taped it? Yes. And I I, I was wondering why. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize that. But like in Happy Gilmore in the very beginning when he's doing the shooting the cans off and he shoots one into the helmet of his uh, foreman. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't work. You know, like that would never happen. nail guns just don't shoot nails. It has to be <laughs> pressed down, you know, and then the trigger and there's a safety. So yeah. this is the first time they addressed that, and she actually had to duct tape the front of it back into the the fire action. I was like, "Yes, That's thank funny. you, Angela." <laughs> Somebody you know what, finally though? thought of it. <laughs> she did say, didn't she say at some point that she her dad was in? Yeah, when she was having a conversation yep. with the guy upstairs, she yeah. said that her father was a carpenter. She right. knew that, yeah. Yeah, well, so they had to give her that background of she is yes. intelligent enough to know that this thing does need to be done. And right. I was, I was just very thankful to finally see somebody address it. That's funny. <laughs> so, but then the nail gun gets, and now I feel like after this movie comes out, like now our nail gun manufacturer is going to have to come up with like new safeties so people can't just duct tape oh. the, the action open. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and use yep. them as she did as a as a weapon yeah and a quite effective weapon actually too because it, it was quiet it, yeah. and deadly too it was just like yeah. done yeah so. and you know what i loved that she took no chances and she made sure that that final kill shot was in before yes. she walked away from each one like the first guy just that was it but right everybody got one through the brain well that f- that switch kind of got flipped pretty quick in my opinion like she went mm-hmm. from being very timid like she won't even go out into the world to like as soon as she crawls up into that ceiling and comes back like i've decided i'm now a, you know a killer not cold blood you know it's justified but yeah like she's like i'm doing this thing you know like this is it you know i actually feel like it started a little earlier now that you say that because i remember and i even wrote this down when she so the first time she tried to leave, she couldn't even leave. She couldn't even get out the door. Right. The second time she tried to leave, she was motivated by her passion about what had happened to her. And that was fueling her. And she got out the door. Yeah. And then she, like, hugged the wall. And it made me think, like, what kind of, like, how do you know how to be in a gore f- if that really was, you know, what was wrong with her? But, like, you know, how do you prepare for that? Like, she she hugged the wall. She stood still when people would pass her. Um, She walked very quickly with her head down, not making eye contact, hood up. But then when she got into the building of uh, Amygdala the first time, I noticed that she was walking in the middle of the hall. She wasn't hugging the wall anymore. And I wondered if it was... Because she was inside of a building and not outside in the world, you know, she maybe thought she was safe there. Oh, and then from be. there, 
you know, because mm-hmm. she was just walking right down the middle of the hallway. Right. And then from there, she was just, forget it. She was just running wherever. And I, and I just feel like by the time she got to her apartment, it was it was game over. Like, whatever needed to be done. Yeah, I do think they pushed her quite quickly. I know this kind of all, like, takes place in one day. But you're right. I guess, you know, I'll give her that. Like, this was a lot of stress. And I think it would push anyone to that point towards the end and especially knowing that there's one guy already bleeding out on her couch mm-hmm. the guy has a gun so i could see i guess it's not as quick of a jump as i initially thought it would be for her to yeah. to pull the trigger quite literally and again we don't yeah, exactly <laughs> and again we don't know what her assault was right. so maybe she was like you know this isn't happening to me again right like maybe she almost died you know that's a good point. Yeah, maybe she was like, I'm not going to lose control this time and I'm going yeah. to, you know, I'm going to be the victor, you know. And so, yeah, good for her. But that first guy, when he falls down with his nail and nail in the, the <laughs> forehead. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Look I at giggled. That. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, yep, shouldn't have stuck your head up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she became quite a good shot, too, by the way. She sure did. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think one of the best setups in, in this whole movie was by the time that she's taking care of all the bad men, right? Found out mm-hmm. what the, uh, the creepy guy's name is, is Kevin, you know? Yes. And the door rings and it's the soon to be boyfriend and whatnot. And she's just as calm as can be. The phone's ringing with 911. She answers the door and oh. she just gives yeah. him. Gives him the one second finger and then like, I have to do this thing real quick and <laughs> tells 911, yeah. hey, there's been a break in. I have a guy stabbed on the couch. Um, <laughs> please send, you know, medical assistance. Oh, and by the way, there are three bodies here. <laughs> <laughs> so nonchalantly. Yeah, so nonchalant. And then she's like taking the flowers as she's talking and like looking at these flowers that he brought her. It's like, oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, it's like that was a great little setup for just that one line timing in at that point. Right. Because I was like slamming my fist down (laughs) once the last bad guy was done. I'm like, somebody call (laughs) 911. That's what I was like. I'm like, why are you giving him a coat to press? Like, call 911, call an ambulance. I thought that was going to be her the first words out of her mouth, like you're saying, after she... Yeah. delivered that last kill shot <laughs> yes. to the to the guy's brain like all right kimmy call nine call an ambulance that's what i exactly what i would have wrote in the script <laughs> what took her so long to walk over and get the guy's name first like no right no call an ambulance he's been bleeding out for a good 20 and, minutes now <laughs> and i was I'm saying to myself if i was this guy i'd be like hey <laughs> could you call an ambulance could, could you please i mean like couldn't he <laughs> could, couldn't he have technically called Kimmy too? Like, hey Kimmy, uh, call me an ambulance, please. <laughs> right. You know what's funny? I'm looking on um IMDB. Yep. You know what's so funny to me? What? His real name is Kevin. Is is Devin. No. With a it's Kevin with a D. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they just name him Devin for the movie then? Oh my right? god. <laughs> so I was looking in here because um, you know how I like to watch the cast credits to see if I, you know, if anybody I didn't realize was in there. Yeah. And I'm like, Erica Christensen played Samantha Garrity. And it took me so long 
up until maybe 25 seconds ago to realize who she was. I'm like, I don't remember that character. Who the hell is this woman? She was the victim. Sure was. Samantha, yeah. <laughs> Samantha <laughs> was the victim. <laughs> yeah, you only see like, her through like a oh, vision. Yeah, exactly. Such a small part, but the whole entire movie is about her. Well, they didn't really have a huge cast in here. They only had no. like, what, five people and then like a ton of extras, but that was about it. Yeah. But all in all, I mean, what do you... It was good. You, would you watch this again? Probably not. There's there's really no mystery to it. Like, I don't feel like I missed anything. No. But would you recommend it to anybody else that maybe, like, loves the Air, Amazon Dot or Siri? Yeah. I think, it was, I think it was a good show. Like, it was worthwhile to watch. I think it'd be interesting to get somebody's take that, like, really really utilizes those technologies like neither of us do but like somebody that has a bunch right. of these in their home like how did they feel about you know like watching this yeah. movie and what they saw like when she brought out the big guns to uh filter out all that so that was kimmy everyone for that first recording we have a lot of fun recording these episodes every week uh, but we'd like oh, yeah. to start and to then, hear what you think about them or what we might have missed that was called you can reach I out to a, us at instagram like a, at movies underground and on twitter at like movies that. under g Could you imagine I'm uh, sure and let us know how we can best connect with you so we can start to hear some of your opinions oh yeah in the future 100 percent that exists yeah yeah so yeah, I, I, as always, it would guys. Be interesting. Thanks very much for on behalf of Lori and I. Somebody who actually knows how to do that. As always, guys. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen. No, <laughs> as always, everyone. That, that's not how. It on works. behalf of Lori and I. Right. It's thanks easier everyone than for that. listening. <laughs> they made it look yeah. really difficult in this movie. Right. Yeah. Well, if you have an Amazon dot in your home, let us know what you think. Right. All right. Well, I mean, all in all, I was entertained. I liked it. Yeah. Probably won't be watching it again. Probably not. So that was Kimmy, everyone. Uh, we have a lot of fun recording these episodes every week, uh, but we'd love to hear what you have to say about them or what we might have missed. You can reach out to us at Instagram at Movies Underground or at Twitter at Movies Under G. And of course, you can always leave comments or tell us what we can do better uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Join us next week as we talk about Bruno and Encanto on Disney+. On behalf of Lori and myself, thanks for listening. It's awesome.